welcome to the season finale. This is the finale. Season two of the All Love No Fear podcast. We are here, we are here, we are here. We are here here on Facebook. We are here on Instagram. That's where we are. Yes. (laughs) And we will be on your DSPs tomorrow. Yes. Um, So, yeah. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. We hope that this podcast is helping you through this uh, very interesting time in human history. And um, we hope that you will uh, have some fun with us today. Um, So, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. Uh, I don't know. I get the feeling that this might be a long podcast or it might not be. I don't know. It might might be chill. It might be chill. Who knows? But we got a lot of stuff to talk about because there's a lot of stuff happening out there in the world streets. Okay. 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 Work. Um. So I, I just want to start by saying, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. They always matter. They have always mattered. They always will matter. Never forget that. Point blank in the period. Rest in peace to George Floyd, to Breonna Taylor, uh, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, and all the countless others who I can't think of right now. Um, who have uh, lost their lives tragic- tragically as a result of uh, police brutality and, um, police misconduct. and police misconduct. Rest in peace. I actually also want to shout out any person who might not have became a hashtag, um, who might have not died because that's the only way you get a hashtag, but you have been abused. That's a real word police, right there. Yes. Um, consistently. Yes. Um, whether by the policies, like stop and frisk, or just because the police decided to single you out. So not only for the people we were calling, we're also going to shout out every person who is affected by police brutality. Right. On the daily. On the, on on the, the regular. On the on regular. The Word. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to try to make this uh, informative. We don't want this to be somber. Right. Because um, we can't allow stuff like this to steal our joy. Because as a people, that's what we are. We are joyful, if nothing else. And despite all of the horrible things that we have experienced um, as a people over the past four or five centuries, uh, since we were brought on boats and chains to here and other other places across the world to build nations, um, our joy never left us and we shouldn't. We shouldn't let it uh, leave us now. Correct. So we're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to talk about some real stuff. We're going to get into some topics, but we're also going to keep positive energy, positive vibes, just joy and energy. Yeah. The whole way through. That's what we're doing. All right. So once again, thank you for rocking with us. Um, We're going to get started with our traditional... Uh, love it or lose it and like random backstory about this love it or lose it this was not an intentional uh, thing I don't know what we started this for I don't know why we started this um, I think when we first thought about the podcast we were like we should do something fun this yeah. is not what I thought it was going to be I don't know what I thought yeah we, we um, wanted some kind of not to go right into it because sometimes we talk about um, serious topics yes and we didn't want to like start like this seriousness right like, we don't we don't, we, this is not CNN. We're not we're not journalists. We're not a news um, outlet. That's not what we're doing here. So um, you know, we wanted to kind of keep it light, but we also wanted to keep it uh, you know, wanted to keep it uh, keep it uh, positive and and, and kind of keep balance with 
being fun, but also talking about real stuff that impacts our lives. So um, we are going into love, love it, it or lose it. it. Hey, love it or lose it. Hey, 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 love, love it or lose it. Hey, love it or lose it. Hey, 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 People be calling during the podcast. Girl, I can't answer you. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to you later. All right. So, this is how it goes. Love it or lose it. Um, We usually have four choices. Four. One, two, three, four. Four four choices. And we have to choose one. Quattro. We should do that as like our intro. You're very excited. It's international. Oh, my God. I got so excited. You're very excited. You're very excited. I just got an idea. But as we uh, love it or lose it, you have four choices. You have one that you're going to hold on to, never let go. Don't want to do anything with that. Another one you're going to lose and lose everything that comes with it. Troy to the garbage. Um, Because this one I'm I'm talking about, I'm going to call this one wish it or could have missed it. (laughs) Wish Wish it or could have missed it? Yes. Okay. The reason why. So, because um, of what's going on, just think, I want to, like, us to think of positive things. Mm-hmm. So, I Love It Loser are fictional places mm-hmm. that movies or series have created mm-hmm. that we can dream about. All the places that we have chosen, or I have chosen, because I'm the one who chose, chose the Love It Loser. Yes. Um, are places that where when we when we've seen it on TV or we've seen it in the movie, they were exciting to look at, mm-hmm. and we we're like, "Oh, this is great! I want to go there." And it was like, it was a place that people can go, and there is no racism in that book, right? Like they can just exist. Yeah, of course, there was like drama because humans go through drama and stuff like that, but it wasn't in the space that you were in, mm-hmm. and it was yes. good to, it was good to see. So this is Love It or Lose It, the escapism edition. Escapism, okay. Black escapism decision. All right. I actually, I'm going to publish the poll also. So yeah. you can vote on it. Um, on, on Facebook. On, if Facebook, you're on, on Facebook. our All Love, No Fear. So you can vote on the, um, on the two, four right now. So the four we have mm-hmm. are I'm listening to you. Atlanta A&T. From the movie drum. From the movie drum. Drumline. Line. Yes, sir. That was just on the television. BET yeah. is playing the bejesus out of drum. A&T Drumline. Wakanda. Hey. From Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Zamunda. From Coming to America. And Hillman College. <laughs> from a different world. A different world. All right. All right. Now, this was the... I was choosing it, and it was hard for me. Because I have a personal connection with all these places. <laughs> okay. I have a personal thought pattern for different... Each one was a different part-time in my life, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> So, this is going to be hard for me to do. Okay. But it's not my choice. It's your choice first. Okay. You're putting the pressure on me. Yes. So, I have to choose Love It or Lose It. Yes. Atlanta A&T from Drumline, Wakanda, Zamunda, Hillman College. Um, um, it's probably Zamunda for me. Um, yeah. I mean, Coming to America is great. Excellent movie. Loved it. Watch it every time it comes on. Um, but I've never wanted to go to Zamunda for real, for real. Like I've heard, I'm like, nah, like it looks cool, but you know, it doesn't look like a place I necessarily want to be. Um, yeah, yeah. Zamunda doesn't really move me the way the other three do. 
Like that's that's my lose it. Um, I, when you first posed it, I was gonna say Atlanta A and T, but then I was like, nah, because I've always wanted to go to HBCU. Because after going to Hampton Homecoming with you that one time, I was like, this is what I could have been doing. And I was over here, Asher. I could have been doing this, but this is. I feel like no one told me. Okay, no one told me about HB. No one, no one told me. I didn't have the proper the proper information. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, uh, Zamunda is my definite music. I, so, I think in, in this, while we're talking about this, I'm going to, like, big up all of them at the same time. Yeah, big up all of them. Respect, respect, <laughs> well, respect. Big up all big, Respect, um, respect. The reason why I'll say this is because Zamunda, you were in um, Barbados when this came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Zamunda was, like, the first time it was, like, oh, shoot, Black Kings. And, like, this kind of went where, like, a lot of that came from. Mm-hmm. Black Kings in there, and it even had, like, the, uh, Racism, my people like this. Oh, you from Africa? Oh, that they, they have no, we have no, uh, they got no money in Africa, mm-hmm. and they, like they, they, they commented and joked on that mm-hmm. in the process, mm-hmm. and it was trying to show that like, hey, there's rich people in Africa too, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think I always enjoy Zamunda for that. Okay, okay. Um, I think um, the, so when I was going through all four, I think. Only because I don't have Hillman, I think, only didn't have the, as much impact on me mm-hmm. because of when I saw it. Okay, um, you did end up going to Hillman in real life, but correct, <laughs> which, which, is, which is funny. But Hillman, I think Atlanta A and T had a bigger impact on me in terms of colleges. Uh-huh. I think Zamunda had a big impact on me in terms of seeing that Africa mm-hmm. is something different. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of had a big impact on me just like just seeing that process. So I, I think only I don't think it's nothing against Hillman. Mm-hmm. I can point that out, right? Because this is not a anything is trash in this group, right? No, nothing is trash. Nothing They're is all tra- right. nothing is trash. In this group. Mm-hmm. But I think Hillman didn't have the same impact mm-hmm. in terms of. Um, I think that the other ones did, and I think that's why I would choose Hillman. Okay, gotcha. For my love and loser for that. Okay, all right. Uh, for your loser, you mean? Loser, yes. yes. For my loser. Um, yeah, yeah. I think what you said is I felt the same way about Zamunda. Like it didn't have the same impact to me. I was just kind of like, it's cool, but you know, it's not. I'm not, you know, not over the moon, you know, in the, in the, in the heavens about it. Um, my love it, Wakanda. Like, just, it's everything. Like, what's what's not to love? Like, when the movie, and we've seen the movie three times. When the movie came out, and they show that scene of all the tribes standing on the, like, uh, the, the edges of the mountain, I, I almost cried. Like, it was so beautiful. Like, just, the, oh my God, I couldn't take it. Just the imagery, the way it was shot. Like, oh God, it's perfection. Like, I was in the movie theater, like... I had to pull myself together because I was getting ready to full, full out ball. Like just just to see so much blackness in all its beautiful forms. Like you had the Dora Milaje with the bald heads. You had the people that have the mouth plates. You had um, the tribe that Lupita was from. Like you had so many different people and it was just beautiful to see all these variations of blackness and them all being okay. And I think that that's something, and I think that spoke to me so much because 
here in America and in a lot of places, um, all forms of blackness aren't okay. Like, it's like, you have to be this type of black and that's it. Um, and I felt like uh, Wakanda presents black in a variety of shades, colors, forms, and it's all accepted. It's all okay. It's all fine. And then the fact that, you know, they had all this amazing technology and like, it was just a self-sustaining black country. And that's something that we have never seen in real life before. So it's just like to know to know that there's a possibility and to have a visual of that possibility where all blackness is fine and where it's a self-sustaining situation, there is there, it doesn't need the outside world for anything. That that makes me happy. So if Wakanda is open and willing to take citizens, I would like to I would like to join them because I, I, be, I bet you what, there's none of these shenanigans happening in Wakanda. Wakanda not, there's nobody looting and burning things down and doing all that. Wakanda's fine. There's no protesting. So I would like to go there if they are open and taking um, residents, okay? Yes. And I, I, I think, you know what's interesting? And I was thinking about this recently. There's always like a conversation about like people having an issue when like people from out of um, the country. Mm-hmm come in and play American actors. Mm-hmm. And this time, African-American actor mm-hmm. played an African king. Yes. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. You're right, you're right. <laughs> so that, that's that's also interesting to me, too. Yes. <laughs> and everybody supported it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely was. Because it was, first, it was like, it was, it, was, it, was, it was interesting in terms of, because, like, there's always debate because people were always saying that um, African-American roles are going to others. Right. And this time, it was an African-American was playing another role. Yes, and it's happened before, of course, but it was just and it was just because of how big the role was. Right, it's always very it was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is African American. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is African American. Yeah. Angela Bassett is African American. Forrest Whitaker, like I think the only like quote unquote main character that wasn't African American was um, Lupita. Lupita. Lupita and um, Shuri, they weren't, yeah. they weren't. I think uh, Shuri is British. Yeah. And uh, Lupita is like African. African. So there's nothing wrong with her being African, T.I. said at Lance's. Don't listen to anything T.I. says, okay? <laughs> we, we, we guys as a community got to stop listening to T.I. Because he just, he just be saying, the theme for this podcast, I just want to put it out there right now. People just be saying anything. Everything. Anything. People just be saying anything. But yeah, go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, what's his name? The only British, the only major British character in uh, uh, Black Panther was um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah. Who's real? Whose name in the in the movie? I cannot remember. Uh, but yeah, he's the only like major character that wasn't African American or African in some way. He was British, but beyond that, yep. Uh, Wakanda forever. Yeah. Okay. And y'all see me out here rocking my dashiki in support um, yeah. of Wakanda. It wasn't necessarily yeah. intentional. I just felt like I went and I opened my drawers and went like, "What do I have in here that's black?" And I was like, "Ooh, dashiki. It's Let's quite, go. It's quite black. Let's go. All right. Here we go with the leaning forward, trying to read from yeah. far. It's a little ridiculous. I'm trying to do it too. It's, it's, it's Sir Francis. Yeah. Hey, Sir Francis. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah. Um. So but, we. But yeah. But, but yeah. Um. 
So that was that. What was your love it? I'm doing it. Oh, okay. I was so my love it really quick. Just FYI, the people who just who just came in, love it or lose it. Is usually choose. We have four choices. Um, we have the poll on the Facebook. If you want to go on the Facebook, and have it. I don't have the poll on the um, on the Instagrams. On the Instagram, I haven't really figured out how that worked yet. The <laughs> poll is on the Facebook. Um, you can go to Facebook and do a poll and choose one. And basically, you choose one that you would love and hold on to. And um, the love it for us, for um, Kristen was Wakanda. Wakanda. The lose it for Kristen was Zamunda. Mm-hmm. The lose it for me was Hillman. The love it for me is such a close, close tie between A and T and Wakanda. Okay, um, make a choice. And it, and it, sa- and it sounds like they shouldn't be the same because of what they are. But Atlanta A and T is why I went to him, <laughs> aka Hillman. Yeah. Like, even though it came out the summer when I was like, but like, it got me really hyped about going to Hampton University. And I think that is the closest movie, I think, to an actual HBCU compared to other movies. Like, other movies. So you wouldn't say Stomp the Yard is the most accurate? We're not talking about Stomp the Yard again. Why don't you want to talk about Stomping the Yard? Stomp the Yard is not. (laughs) So they don't recruit people because they can dance? No, no, no one does that. Nobody. Okay. I don't know. I don't go into an HBCU. I'm just trying to get to the bottom um, of the story. So I, I get upset. <laughs> I stop the yard sometimes. <laughs> because like... You do like, get annoyed. Every time that movie come on, you walk by, you just be like, ugh. Because <laughs> stop is not... Like, I understand. Like, as an entertainment movie, I guess... I guess as it's stop the yard. Did they just be saying anything? They just be saying stuff. <laughs> they just be saying stuff. They just be saying stuff. Oh, God. I, like, stop the yard is meh. It's very meh. I thought it was because, back because, then. I'm not. But, but the thing is, when it first came out, we were mad hype. Like, oh shit, it's gonna be fly. Mm-hmm. We got there. We're like, you're like, all right. The stepping was whack. It kind of was. It kind of. I'm the not whole, even a stepper, and I could hear like the counts, and I was like, somebody not stepping on the, the right count. It sounds crazy. Whack. Um, they the, the, like it was overly dramatic and underwhelming at the same time. At the same damn time. It was overly dramatic and underwhelming at the same time, and I don't understand how 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 can it be both how. That's just hurtful. How is it both? Yeah, like, it was underwhelming, and it, it, it was just, I didn't, I'm not rocking with it. You didn't like Stomped it? Stomped the yard with meh. Meh. Big meh. Big whoop. <laughs> like, it could have done better. <laughs> it's possible. Possible. Um, but Drumline was fantastic. Drumline, there was a lot of things. That Mark was, is a drummer, by the way. Yes, I, I played I played um, snare drum in high school. I was part of the, like, the, I guess the parade drumline while I was in high school. Fun fact. But, um, but like, the way they portrayed things was a lot more realistic. It wasn't over dramatic. <laughs> it wasn't overly extra mm-hmm. with the, mm, yeah, like, all the extra furs. It's it just, it's too much. Now, they were, I was like, what college student have fur money? It was, it, it like, was, it was too much. It was yeah, way too much. Yeah. Like, in Drumline, all the characters, you related to them. <laughs> all the characters, like, I, I, I know those characters. Mm-hmm. And had to, like, the, like, the, like and you could, and the fact that like the people in the um on the drum line mm-hmm. was like they're in their own bubble. The people in the band was in a bubble. That's a real thing. The band be in a bubble. You don't know where they are. They go to their own parties. The jump the band party be the own band parties. They don't be with everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like it's all that's all really how it is. Okay. <laughs> so all like right. so like I I um I always enjoy drum line for that. Drum line is like so like Atlanta Ante 
I enjoyed it as I was like I, I remember looking for Atlanta ENT. I was like, oh, it's on North Carolina. So that's what that's when I realized it was a combination of a few different colleges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um and they had and they had the real Greeks there. Yes, they were the in a in a because like because like they but, had some in the other one, but yeah. you know, but like because like the guy because like it wasn't Nick Cannon, but the other guy like he got recruited to KKSI, which is a real bad fraternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and apparently it's not a game out here in the streets. Yeah, it was a real bad fraternity, so it, it, it was it was it was interesting to see that. It was interesting to see like they made they did real, um, they had a real culture to it, real things to it. So it it, it was good for that. I, I think I like drumline more. Mhm. All right, we trying to read the comments. We're yeah. not succeeding. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So that's why Atlanta Anti and Wakanda, like everything you said, it was it was. I think it was a movement. I think uh, it was good to see everything that they were doing. I I greatly appreciated everything. Word too big word. I, I didn't realize that, that that was a surprise. I didn't realize you were that uh, you were that uh, connected to uh, Atlanta Anti. Atlanta A&T was about it. I didn't re- when I saw it, I was like, Atlanta A&T? And I'm like, think about that. But now that you've explained it, if, if, I'm following along. I think that anybody who graduated my year will feel the same way. If they went to HBC, they're like, all right. Just, it made you want to go to HBC. What year did Drumline come out? 03. Really? I think it came out 03. 2002. Well, 02 going into 03, I guess. Yeah, it was like it was like the end of it. I remember... December 2002, yeah. Yeah. I remember... Um, me hearing about it, and I was like, and I think I was either was just about to apply, or just applied to mm-hmm. a bunch of different colleges. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's, it's happening, it's going down, it's going down, it's happening. Basic drum, drum line was fantastic. It was good. It was really good. All right, that's the sign. That's the sign. I'm rocking with it. All right, so Mark's love it is Atlanta A and T. My love it is Wakanda. It's all black. It's all excellent. So, but, but, but Wakanda is a close one B. Wakanda is a close one B. Why, why, why you ain't okay? Sorry, we are gonna stop reading. We are gonna stop leaning forward. Yeah, it's a close one. B. I, I really do like it. Um, but yeah, I'm just laying around. So I appreciate everyone. If once again, take some time, do your votes. I'm, I'm gonna leave it up for a little bit longer, and then Word. we'll just um click on whichever one that you would love more. Mm-hmm. Um, that you like out of the four choices, and then we'll go from there. Yes, we are currently fifty fifty with Atlanta A and T and Wakanda. Yes. So take the poll. Let us know what you feel. Let us know what's on your mind. Yes, choose one. All right. Choose one. There's a million ways to get it. Choose one. Okay. So we move it on. We are moving on to a better. Oh, let's love it or lose, lose it. it. Hey, love it or lose it. Hey, 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 love it or lose it. Hey, love it or lose it. Hey, 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 hey. Okay. That was a lot with the hands. That's a lot. Um, so we're gonna move on. Um. So. Um, every week we have a topic here and we usually try to be like professional and like, you know, like real just classy based about it. But given what's happening, our topic for today is earth is the absolute ghetto. It is it's, it's ghetto. the absolute ghetto. Like it is just, my God, what is happening? Like when I tell you, and I, I'm sure y'all out there listening have felt this way. This last week alone, between last week's podcast and this week's podcast, the amount of things that have happened, like, I felt like my head was spinning this weekend. I was just like, huh? Huh? And what else? And what else? Like, it stayed being something. And I just, I can't, I can't, I cannot. I cannot! All right, so where do we begin? So, um, last week, um, 
we mentioned um, the death of George Floyd, rest in peace to him, who um, passed away in um, Minnesota um, at the hands of the uh, Minneapolis Police Department. Uh, so that happened. Um, it kicked off a series of riots, um, not riots, of protests. Let me use the right words here. A series of protests across the country that caught on like wildfire. Um, between, I want to say, Thursday and Saturday, there were about 20 to 30 protests going on across uh, pretty much every major city in this country. Um, so some things happened. Um, they arrested the police officer who uh, was the one that had his knee on um, George Floyd's neck. I can't think of his name, but, um, and I'm not going to say it even if I could think of his name. Um, the, the dude, the murderer, um, they arrested him. Um, and there are calls for the other three officers who kind of stood there and watched it happen to be arrested as well. So um, a few things. Uh, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I saw a picture of the officer in the moment while George Floyd was on the ground and the person they arrested. I'm not convinced it's the same person. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Um, they are both white. They are both male. Um I'm not convinced that they're the same person. I could be wrong. But the way my eyes are set up, I can tell people apart. Okay. <laughs> Mark can't. And uh, they, they don't look like the same guy. So I just, I just have some questions um, just going forward about that. But anyway, he was arrested and taken into custody. Um, they had like half the police force outside his house protecting his house. His wife filed for divorce. Then the plot twist of that storyline is that the wife's brother is one of the cops who was on the side watching um, the whole thing go down. Um, so now it's very interesting why she's asking to file for divorce. Um, it came out that this guy, this police officer, has several police brutality um, claims against him uh, um, in the department. Um, and it just seems like a giant cluster of what's going on here. Um, there's a lot of things about the story that seem very suspicious to me. And again, I don't believe that I'm a conspiracy theorist, but it's just like some of the things not adding up. Like, and I've been watching it not too closely just because I want to preserve my mental health, but like I've been watching it and the lady who, the, the woman who is his alleged fiance coming out and saying, oh, he would want peace, but then there's this other woman, this black woman, who's his girlfriend. I'm like, so which one is it? Does he have a fiance? Does he have a girlfriend? Did he have both? Which one is it? I'm confused now. Then you have his brother coming out and saying, we shouldn't be protesting. You guys shouldn't be causing all this ruckus. He just want, he would want peace. And it's just like, I'm, cons I, I'm questioning if that's even his brother. Like, I just have questions. Like, Things about this is just making me go, okay, what's happening here? So, let's do let's, let's topic by topic. Yes, yes. Right, so, that topic, I'm not sure. I'm not going to go back and forth with if um, the people are real or not. Um, we don't have to. No, but um, it's fine. But um, the uh, topic, I guess we can, we can do the topic, should we, should we riot or not? 
Yes. Um, so yeah. What 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 protesting looks like? What the difference between protesting and looting is? Yeah. And then the varying opinions that we've seen um, out there regarding people's feelings about both. Correct. Um, people have people always try to combine the two, and they're not. Um, protesting is a disruption. Is it is to disrupt whatever you have what you have going on so you will listen to me. Right. I'm going to disrupt something that you that you're usually doing so you will listen because you're not listening any other way. Yes. So I need to disrupt what you your your normal t- turn of events. And that is that is the exact point and, of protesting. And, and make a statement for that. Yes. So during the protest, things are gonna be said that sometimes might come out of anger. Sometimes might come out of being productive. Both things might happen. Indeed. All right. But like I said, it's um, protesting is is built for creating a disruption, creating a making something that you have decided is the normal way of living, the normal way of moving, and saying that is wrong, that is not the way it should be. Let's move to this. Right. And when you're trying to change somebody's mm-hmm. mindset of how they, their normal way of life, it's going to be uncomfortable to them. Right. That's right. just how things work. Right. If and, you want, if, what, what people have to understand is you can't just live your life normal if we are in pain. Right. That's not how, you can't just be like, I'm just going to do what I've always been doing. There's not going to be any disruption to what I've been doing. Because, that's not how the world was created. The world is not created so that you can you can keep the way you are, and I would still get freedom. <laughs> right. It's not built. The world is not, that. Bu- world is not built so that I can get freedom with you doing the same thing you've always been doing. Exactly. Like the whole the whole point of a protest, it stems from, and I think uh, there's a quote by Martin Luther King that I'm not going to try to re-quote because I don't have it in front of me and I don't want to disrespect. Um, the words that he said, but protest exists basically because we have tried every other legal, acceptable, whatever you want to call it method to get your attention, to bring attention to the issues and the problems that you, that we've been facing. And it has been met with nothing. It has, been, it has fallen on deaf ears. It has not been met with any response that's helpful. Nothing has changed. So now we are at the point where the only way we feel like we can get you to understand and hear what we are saying is to disrupt things, to get in your face and make you hear us. That is why protest exists. Because the truth is, if these issues of systemic racism police brutality, uh, housing discrimination, all of these things that people of color and black people specifically in this country face, if those things had been addressed long ago, we would not be yet at the point where protesting is the only way that we can get attention. Correct. And not get attention like we want to be seen, but get the attention of the people who can do something about this and make them see what the problem is and do the necessary things to change it. Correct. Um, This is the actual quote. Okay. Um, 
and this this comes from, and I'll, I'll read the whole thing in context because a lot of people have just been saying it, and then people have been like, <laughs> like I think um, Martin Luther King's son made the statement, and then people were like, "Nah, that's not what Martin Luther King meant." I'm like, "Yo, that's his son." I'm like, "How you gonna tell that man's <laughs> son that that's not what he meant? Do you know? Did you? I feel like the son actually knew his father." <laughs> And actually grew up with his family that knew the father. You, stranger danger, have never met Martin Luther King in your life. How you know what he meant? Yeah. How? The, the audacity, the caucasity, just just all of it. Yes. Too but, much. This is what it says. <sighs> These conditions are the things that cause... In, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to move the next one. Uh, I'll throw right now. But it is not enough for me to stand before you tonight and condemn riots. It would be morally irresponsible for me to do that without, at the same time, condemning the contingent, intolerable conditions that exist in our society. These conditions are the things that cause individuals to feel that they have no other alternative than to engage in violent rebellions to get attention. And I must say tonight that a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last 12 or 15 years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. And it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice and humanity. Now, every year about this time, our newspapers and our televisions and people generally start talking about the long, hot summer ahead. What always bothers me is that the long, hot summer has always been preceded by a long, cold winter. And the great problem is that the nation has not used its winters creatively enough to develop the program, to develop the kind of massive acts of concern that will bring about a solution to the problem. End quote. That's the whole it. speech is there. That's it. That's what he said. But it plays, and plays into exactly what is going on right now. Yeah. He could have said that today. Yes. And it would and it be made, it equally made, applicable. It made perfect sense. Yep. 100%. 100%. Martin was preaching. Because he was a preacher, amen. Because yes. he was a preacher. But yeah, like, the fact that people love to quote Martin so much and talk about Martin, he was about peaceful protests and about nonviolence and this and that and this and that when people are protesting. But it's like, did you actually look into his thought processes or his, his thoughts about um, protesting and why it was important, why he felt like it was necessary? It's clear from what you just read that Martin understood why protesting was needed, why it was important, why it happens in the first place. So when people, especially um, white people and uh, some black people who uh, feel that there's something wrong with protesting, um, the fact of the matter is Martin laid it out. He explained it. He told he, you why he explained, it happens. He explained what protesting is and explained, even though he might not agree with the riots, there's a reason why it happens. Exactly. And there's a purpose behind it. And the onus is, it, it comes from a, a frustration. 
Yes. It comes from an anger. Yes. From not fixing your problem for right. so long. Right, exactly. And he's saying so long at that time. And this was what, 1964? 1968. No, 60, no, I said 64. 68, you're right. Yes. He's saying at this time, they have not solved the problem. So people are frustrated. Mm -hmm. Because I think at this time, there was always riots and Mm -hmm. people being upset Mm -hmm. every summer. Yeah. Because during the winter, they would act like everything's cool. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, we still got problems. Mm -hmm. And it's still been going on. Mm -hmm. Hey, we still got problems. Yeah, it's still an issue. It's not outside that's nice, but it's still a problem. We still got problems. Yes. And people don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And people don't understand what works. Exactly. Like, and people keep saying like, oh, why are you acting like people are frustrated? Yes. And 52 years later, here what we I, are. What I always say um, when it comes down to um, protests, all parts of it are important. Even the parts you don't agree with. The part... Of focusing on people who need to vote is important. Absolutely. The Absolutely. part focusing on policy is important. The part focusing on getting black officers are important. The part about focusing on getting people into certain positions are important. The protesting is also important. The riots, <laughs> sad to say, are also important. Because what's, what what is a... What is, what is the problem is sometimes is it's it's like it's like all different forms of emotions, and people need to see all the emotions to understand like these. But it's all directed to the same thing, and how people handle it are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always go back to Nelson Mandela mm-hmm. and um, his wife. Many was out here just killing, burning fire. Yeah, <laughs> when he was about that life. When, when he, he, when when he, he was, said, "Oh, you have my husband locked up. Say less." We about to burn it down. The whole thing. Out here, this the whole thing. I hear wild. And some of, some of the stuff she did was questionable. I won't. It, it was, I won't deny that. It was quite questionable. Questionable at best. But because when he was out here wilding, that was like, hey, we'll listen to you, Nelson, <laughs> because you seem peaceful, <laughs> right? Because sis, sis out here doing the most, and we just want we but, don't want all this. But I don't think that Nelson by himself would have made would have made a change. The aggression that was shown. People are like, okay, apparently they're mad. And we can't live like this when they're mad all this time. Right. So maybe right. let's 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 start figure out how can we fix this problem. Right. Because here's the thing. Um if I speak French and you speak Spanish, and I'm trying to explain something to you, but you don't understand French, you're like we're gonna keep butting heads. So if for me to understand you or for you to understand me, we got to find a language that we both can speak. And that's what's happening. America, for all intents and purposes, is a violent, bloody country. Everything this country has ever earned was earned, earned is strong. Everything that this country has, has built, has achieved is because of violence and blood, whether it was literal or figurative. That is the foundation of this country. That is the truth. Anything else that anybody else is trying to tell you is bold-faced lies. This country is built on violence, on looting, on all the things that we see happening in a modern protest today. So They use violence to get everything. They they use violence to get everything. Everything. The gas we put in our cars was gotten through violence. The, The streets we drive on, the houses we live in, the parks we go to, all the things we do are in one way or another built by blood and violence. And people 
who are marginalized in this country and who are being harmed by institutions in this country have realized this country only speaks loud and violent. They don't understand anything else. They don't understand my letter writing. They don't understand my peaceful picketing. They don't understand any of that. What they understand is loud violence. Yeah. And that's the language I'm going to communicate to them in because that's what they understand. And you know what? They're right. Because the responses that they're getting, because they're being loud and violent, are like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? What is this? It's because the people they're doing it to get the attention of understand what it is. They weren't listening any other time. Now that they're doing this, they're like, oh, we see the vibes. Now we're concerned. Now we're alarmed. Now we got to send the National Guard and blah, 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 blah. Because you understand loud and violent. Yes, you do. Like, what, what's what's interesting is, like, I remember I was seeing a lot of the, um, a lot of posts people were making. And they were saying, like, um, we are, right, we, uh, people are rioting and doing damage to that. But America does damage to others. And a lot of times people will see that, like, it's, oh, people are just, like, overdramatic, connected mm-hmm. things. But think about it this way. A lot of times America feels that how they address certain issues with other countries, the only way they can get things done is violence. America feels, no, we can't talk it out because they're not going to understand. Mm-hmm. So violence is the way to do that. Um, we can't have the conversation. We can't talk. No, violence is the way that this this will work. Mm-hmm. So America has created that that mindset that that is the only way to solve these certain problems. I understand nonviolence. <laughs> Let's truly, honestly, we, we would all love to arrive at things I without violence. Understand but understand that y'all are teaching others mm-hmm. on how you handle situations. Like Tamika Mallory said, if you don't know um, who that is, um, she's a young um activist she gave a speech a couple of days ago it's all over instagram just google her name tamika mallory she basically says we learned this from you we learned this violence this 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 unrest we learned this from you so don't now turn around and be like oh my god i can't believe they would do something like that no this is what we've seen you do time and time again we just saw you do it uh in michigan and a couple of other states because you didn't want to stay home or wear a mask so y'all showed up to the people's houses. You showed aggression. You showed aggression. You came up to the courthouses and, the, and wherever. You like, the guns. I'm, I'm going to show, I'm gonna show aggression because this is how I get what I need. This is how I get what I want. So it's like, why is it okay for these people to do it? But then these people, black people specifically, who have been watching for years, for centuries, watching their brothers and sisters get killed time and time and time again and nothing happens. How are they wrong? For responding in that way. How you're are they getting, wrong? You're getting upset for not being able to go to a store for a month. Right. We've been, we've been getting killed since we got here. Since 1619. We've been getting killed since then. I think we are at the very least owed a protest. At the, at the very least. We are the very least owed a riot. <laughs> at, at least. At the very least. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So like. Because the math not adding up. <laughs> it's not adding up. Yeah, and and what I will say is like understand like people keep acting like this is just this happened while you're acting like this for this one thing. Number one, just this year you have to understand the domino effect of what just happened. 
the domino effect sans all the crazy stuff that has happened previously. Sans all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sans all of that, those things. Mm-hmm. Um, we just recently saw two white men come and shoot, shoot the guy. Mm-hmm. Because, and saying that he, um, for saying that he was, he was, uh, being violent and he wasn't he was doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ahmad Aubrey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm talking about just in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Brianna Taylor got shot in her house. They pulled up to her house. Yeah. Looking for somebody who wasn't there and they knew wasn't there. Shot and her. they shot her and I think arrested her boyfriend for attempted murder. Some foolish because, charge because, they tried to put on Because he was like, why are you in my house? He started shooting because like, you were like, He was like, why are y'all in my house? Correct. Yeah. Number two. Number three. Amy Cooper. Amy Cooper incites violence and incites that basically puts a hit out on a black man <laughs> because she didn't want to tap leash her dog. And that's why, once again, I'm done trying to say we need to explain to white people I'm done with it. There are yeah. libraries, there is Google, y'all, child. And y'all know it. And you know the vibe. Everything that everything that has been shown to me within the last two weeks, last week, mm-hmm. mostly, has shown me that you know what the problem is. I do not need to teach you anything. Nope, get on the internet, child. I don't need to show you anything. Let it bless you. Your ignorance, I do not. I would not. I would not listen to it. Nope. Nope. No, thank you. No, man. Because Amy Cooper, and there was a few other things where people were just blaming black people, like two black men. Yes, just just yesterday I saw an article. Um, this woman, um, Svetlana somebody from Romania or somewhere, I forget where she's from. She was walking in the city. This pregnant white woman, and this black woman was standing minding her business on the street, and she called nine one one three times and changed her story three times. First, she said the woman was smoking. Then she said the woman was standing too close to her. Then she said the woman was threatening her. And the black woman was like, sis, I didn't even say nothing to you. I don't even know you. You, If I'm threatening you, why are your hus- why is your husband standing here not jumping in to protect you if I'm so-called threatening you? The problem is this white woman just felt like I'm on the Upper West Side. Don't know black people be up here. I don't know why this black woman's up here. That's what the problem and is. What, and- Bottom line. She could have got that woman killed. Killed. And, and- she still... Decided to pick up her phone and call 911. And this is what I'm saying. Y'all understand there's an issue between us and the police. Y'all understand that the police treat us differently. Y'all see that. This is not it is not a foreign thing. Y'all know that and you weaponize it now. Mm-hmm. So I'm And then I'm, try to backpedal and be like, oh my god, I didn't know. Yeah. Like that has happened. During the protests. There's people are doing peaceful protests. White people are coming in and damaging things. Yeah, like we saw the videos of that police this officer is, who was damaging the auto zone yeah, in Minneapolis. This is not saying that black people do not damage. This is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is people are weaponizing their knowledge that black people have a rocky relationship with the police. Mm-hmm. And they're hurting us in the process. Yes. And they're using that knowledge to hurt us. Right. Um, when, um, yeah. we were at, we were just at a protest, mm-hmm. um, yesterday. Yes, we were. We were at a protest yesterday and we were there and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a lot of, a lot of talking. They had everything. people coming up and speaking and, you know, just being positive, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. They, at one point they wanted everybody to take a knee, mm-hmm. which is fine. And then they were talking to the cops saying like, Hey, we want them to take a knee. 
the cops weren't taking a knee. And and, and, and let me just say this. Be, the, be, 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 no, 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 no. I was just going to say, the police commissioner of Nassau County was standing right there. He was right there, front and center at the protest, along with all the other Nassau County police officers that were there. So even if an officer wanted to take the knee, the guy that signs his paychecks is standing right there. It wasn't going to happen. Correct. So I understand that that, it looks bad on the cops, but it looks bad on the cops with everything. Yeah, I mean, at this point, come on. Yeah, so, but... People were, people were saying that and the people started going up and like, and you saw some people were bringing up their cameras just trying to make a moment and post it on social media. I'm like, that's not what it's about. Right. That's right. number one. Number two, after that died down, we're like, all right, people were like, all right, let's get back into the conversation people were talking. Mm-hmm. People kept inciting it again mm-hmm. and and, and tr- kept trying to provoke them. Right. And it was, and not to make it like that, but there was a lot of white people kept provoking it. Yes, like it and not understanding you provoking it is getting us shot. Yes. Like you you in the background provoking the police trying to say, oh, you can't do talkers like that. Awesome. You're not being protective of us. Exactly. We are here. Right. So if something happens, they're going to target us. Because remember, you at this protest understand there's a rocky relationship with us and the police. Right. You provoking them. Yes. Makes is, that worse. Is making it worse. Yes. Because now they're going to attack us. Right. Because of what you're doing. Right. Right. And like that's that's the piece that I think that a lot of white people, even the well-meaning ones, don't understand. Because your relationship to law enforcement and to everything in this country is completely different from ours. It's perfectly okay for you to get up in a cop's face and yell at them and curse them out and talk crazy. Like, you can do that and nothing will happen to you. But when you're in spaces where there are black people, you got to pump the brakes on that. Because you're going to get those black people killed behind that. And the fact that they were doing that at the protest yesterday and, like, there were different black people walking around like, yo, 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 chill, 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 chill. And they still kept going. It's like... I appreciate that you're here at the protest and that you want to support Black Lives Matter. And I believe in my heart that you believe that. But you also have to recognize the the, the protection that your whiteness gives you and, and how you can potentially put us in danger by expressing that fully. Because I believe they absolutely meant well, but I think that they didn't recognize that ultimately, A, this is not your show. You you are here as a supporter, player supporting actor role, number one. Number two, I don't feel like they understood the full gravity of what they were doing. Because the fact that you were walking up towards the cops who have loaded guns and the police headquarters is right next door to where we are, and you're approaching them with your cameras out trying to get them to kneel down, you could have got a bunch of black people shot because the real gag is where we were standing, hella black people, hella black people. If they had started opening, opening fire, it would have been hella black people that got shot up, shot up because all the white people were further towards the back. And so I'm just kind of like, I don't know if you really mean this or you came here with an agenda to start something, but like, I'm, I'm gonna give it wasn't benefit, cool, bro. I'm going to give it the benefit cool. that they didn't mean that, but this is why um, they said, if you're going to be part of the protest, 
you follow. Follow. <laughs> play the supporting actor role. Play the supporting follow actor. Yeah. Stop trying to leap. And th- that's the problem. Like a lot of times they try to jump in, like, oh, let's lead. I'm going to lead this. To- and stop trying to show that I'm the good white. Like, I'm a good ally. Be a good ally show- by not getting me just, shot up because you want to act up. Like, you don't have to keep showing it to us. How about just that? Just do what you have to do. Right, right. Because I thought that was very, very irresponsible. I was like, guys, are you kidding me right now? Are you serious? Stop trying to prove to me that you're the good white person. That's fine. Just just be just be a good white person. Just be a good... Like, that's it. Just, it's very simple. Just, just don't be, be racist. Yes, that's it. That's, that's it. I don't need nothing more from you. Um, but otherwise, it was a pretty good protest. I learned about a lot of organizations that are... Um, on Long Island doing the work and they provided some really great information about different um, legislation that's coming up that we need to press our um, elected officials about in relation to like police operations. So overall, I felt like it was pretty good minus that foolishness. Once they, once they started acting up, I said, okay, well, it's time to go. I don't I don't want to be on no news story. I'm going to head out. Yeah. Um, I got a baby. Um, the other thing I want to touch on real quick with this protesting business um, the looting that's happening and people's responses to the looting. So there's riots, there's protests, you know, angry. It's it's a very emotional situation. And I think that's what happened with um, the, the the people in the, in the audience at the protest we were at. They were letting their emotions kind of get the best of them. And completely, I understand because... This whole situation is just frustrating, ridiculous. It's a shame that we even need to be addressing this in 2020. However, that being said, emotions run high. And and the other thing I wanted to say about this whole protesting thing too, the pandemic has made this worse. Because if we were living regular life, going to work, going to school, doing whatever, would there have been protests um, about George Floyd's death? Absolutely, 100%. But it would not be at the magnitude that it's at but because people have been home for like almost three months, some people haven't had jobs. They haven't had any money coming in. Um, they're dealing with sick family members. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. There are reasons why um, people aren't um, aren't busy. So they're, they have time to sit at home and think about everything that has happened and think about what this means to them and how they are affected by this. And so they're taken to the streets because again, they don't have no job, they don't have no school, they don't have no place to be. They've, they've got time now to actualize their thoughts and develop a response. So um, people are angry. People have been angry about a lot of things for a very long time. And the fact that they've been holed up in their house with family members and this, that, the third during the pandemic, this was like the perfect season for the unrest that we're seeing now at the levels that we're seeing it. So that, with that being said, tensions are high between the pandemic and the police brutality and the killings. Tensions are just high. Now, I've seen people on social media talking and crying about the looting that's taking place. So I just want to say a few things. Number one, when black people take stuff, it's not because we looting. It's because we can take it. Because it's ours. That's that's the bottom line. Um, my feeling is everything in this country, black people have a stake to it. Because we built it. So they ha- we have a stake to it. 
So if the people want to go on Target and get them a 70-inch TV, who are me to judge? Who are me? I wouldn't do it because they be cameras and I just, I'm paranoid. I don't want to get locked up. But who are me to tell them people they can't have it? Who are me? Who, who are me? Like, I don't have no shares in Target. I don't have no investment. I don't care about it. It's a nice place for me to go shop and get my things, but I don't care about Target more than I care about people. So if somebody go on Target to get them a TV, who are me to judge? Um, I, I'm just troubled by the fact that every time something happens and we see black people leaving with something, black people are looting. Even when Hurricane Katrina happened, black people out here dying and drowning, they trying to go get food and stuff for their family, the black people looting. But when the white people go to get food and stuff, they getting supplies. No, black people aren't looting. We are, we are old plenty. We still ain't got our 40 acres in the mule. The least, the least I can get is a 70 inch TV. That's all I'm saying. You don't have to agree with me. I don't really care. Um, that's how I feel. I'm not going, I'm not going to sit up here and judge my good brother or sister that don't get them a TV. We still waiting on the 40 acres in the mule. We still don't got it. So, um, <laughs> I said what I said. Fight me if you want to. Um, then we see, I saw these people like crying, talking about, oh, they, they destroying black businesses. You mean the black businesses you weren't patronizing before? Those black businesses? Please, cut it out. Cut it out. Don't come to me with the old, oh, they patronize, they destroying black businesses. Y'all wasn't fooling with them black businesses in the first place. So stop it. Stop it now. And like, like, cut it out. To, to, to be honest, um, I, just, just like with everything else, there are a lot more people trying to have peace or protest than the Bible. Exactly. Exactly. This this is the reality. There's a lot more people out trying to just be peaceful with the protests. Right. Out. Right. Um, that's happening a lot more. Right. Um, of course, you're going to show it that way because that 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 is what's going to get the most views. That's what's going to show off the most. Like I, mm. I get it. Right. Like it it, it, it makes good TV. Right. Because my if, if you show it that way that everybody who's protesting is just out here trying to destroy everything. Right. It makes good TV. Yeah, because no, but here's the thing. First of all, nobody's nobody, no real organizer is organizing a protest and being like, "Oh yeah, we about to loot too when we get over there." It's usually not the organizer. It's usually not the organizer. It be some random individuals. Like you were telling me about a video you saw where the organizer went up to a guy and was like, "Bro, we didn't come here to do that looting stuff. You gotta go." Yeah. No, no real organizer is organizing a protest. And the conversation is like, hey, guys, so we're going to meet at this spot, 2 o'clock. We're going to protest for two hours. We're going to march around. And we're about, we about to loot the Lord and kill him, my guy. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not, not, what's, not happening. what's happening. Like, there was it's not. This video that happened, the video was basically the person was trying to organize a video. I think he was, he was like a, at a school, who was on a school board. Mm -hmm. He organized the video. Mm -hmm. And he was like, here's about anything going on. Mm -hmm. There was a white guy who started spray painting mm -hmm. um, on the wall with mm -hmm. black spray paint. Mm -hmm. It was like some F, F the police kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He went up. He was like, hey, that's not what we're doing. So he kind of pushed him away. Mm -hmm. The guy behind the camera says, oh, he's assaulting him. He's assaulting him. I was like, where are you trying to He's <laughs> assaulting him? He's, he's trying to have his protest be an actual protest and not turn into some other stuff, but now he assaulted. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. He's, he's, he's being so, I was like, like what? what? What does that mean? What? I, that's what I said. People be saying anything. And that's why I said they weaponize it because they're like, 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 like I, I think I posted this before. Understand this. Now that our weapon can be to get you fired, we're keeping our foot on your neck. Right. And it's never coming off. I'm, 
we're, we're, I'm over it. I'm over. I don't care if you lose your job, your dog, your. I do not care. Stop. Because like, when you know better, you do better. You choose it not like to do you, better. You out here weaponizing stuff because you that means that means you know better. So that means that I, I, I don't care anymore. I don't care. Because before people were trying to say like, oh, they don't even know any better. So you know, yeah, educate them. They know. They know. They they I'm, still doing I'm, it. I'm, I'm over it. Welpers, me not care. If you call, if you call and specifying, hey, it's a black man, and number one, it's not a black person, or you you automatically know that the police are angry. We're protesting this. We're protesting the fact that. The police police are, are, and you calling the police to be brutal, sis? Yes, I'm like, sis, no, sir. You know better. Sir. You just choose to not care, right? Because you know, that, you know that they're treated badly, and you choose to not care, right? Because even that guy that got out um, the car with his bow and arrow, like it was the Hunger Games, and then they jumped, they beat him, they busted his face. Up. And it was the white people, and, it, and, and when I saw that video, I saw legions of white people beating him. He got on the camera. After it he, was two African Americans. Where? Who? After you hit a black guy with a bow and arrow. Who? Which African Americans? Where? Stay lying. Stay lying. Um, but just to double back to the looting thing for a second, I just want to say one more thing about that. You can feel how you want to feel about protesting, about looting, about this and that. But if you are more concerned with things being taken out of a store than human lives being attacked, tear gassed, and ended... We ain't got nothing to talk about as as people because I can't understand why the fact that somebody took a cheesecake out of Cheesecake Factory or or took stuff out the Gucci store in Atlanta is more important to you than people dying. People are like, oh, well, what's the looting going to solve? Nothing. No one ever said looting was solving anything. Looting is happening as a result of anger. It's just anger. No, That's no, all it is. No one's out here trying, trying to calculate the... But looting is literally based on the anger that people feel as a result of the things that are happening that caused the protest in the first place. It's not about, it's not the the goal of the protest. It's not any of that. It's literally just a, a byproduct of the anger and frustration and all the things that people are feeling, as I said before, as a result of what has happened in this country that has led to these mass protests and the fact that the COVID-19 has kind of, turn people's lives upside down so you don't have I'm, i wouldn't loot i'm too scary i'm not about that i'm not about that life i feel like i would be the one to take something and get caught so i'm not going to be that person i'm not going to do it but i'm not going to sit here and act like somebody taking something out of a store that i don't have no stock in that don't mean nothing to me one way or another and ultimately don't care about me they only care about my dollar i'm not going to put that as above the loss of life and i'm not going to condemn the people who do it because let's be real if we want to talk about oh looting is so bad turn off hip-hop don't play it ever again because you know how hip-hop got started looting there was a blackout people in the bronx went to the music stores picked up some things started throwing parties and hip-hop so if you have a problem with looting turn off hip-hop if you have a problem with looting leave america that's what we do here so like that's what we do here. This whole so, this whole setup is looting. So miss me with that. And and when I see college educated, smart black people saying it, I'm just like, I'm giving you the side eye because you like capitalism in and of itself is like a smooth seventy five percent of the problem we have in this country when it comes to wealth and income equality. So you over here crying big bucket tears about a Target or a Gucci getting looted, girl, bye. Girl, bye. That, uh, that ain't even, that shouldn't even be on your radar. 
and, I, and at, I, at this point, what you need to be finding out is if the people that stole from the Gucci is boosting and selling that stuff on the low. That's what you need to be getting to the bottom of. I, honestly, so this is this is um, I, I, I pre- I'm pretty sure I know what people are saying. People are assuming if we um, if people loot, then it's going to destroy the movement, and they're going to think like, oh, why should we do this? They're going to we're making them look at a certain way. Understand that this this movement that we're at right now is because we don't care how people feel about us. Because no matter if we do right or do wrong, we think black people are a certain way. Right. So take that reason out of your way. Right. Take that, like, I understand. People oh, should, we're looting. What are people, white people going to think about us? Pe- Enough to call the cops on us pe- and get us killed. That's, pe- that's what they're people thinking. People shouldn't do crimes. Correct. We shouldn't. Got it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to put the onus on them for how they treat me. Right. Period. They are not the reason they treat me a certain way. Right. It is not because someone else is stealing mm. is why they treat me terrible. Right. Yeah. If, if that is the reason, that is a problem with the person treating me terrible. Right. Because the real... I'm not putting the onus on them. Right. Yes. You should not commit crimes. Mm-hmm. But that has nothing to do with how, what this movement about. If you can't right. see past that and see what the movement is about, that is a problem on you. Yes. If you feel as if, oh... We're not going to give you rights <laughs> because mm-hmm. these people are acting up. That is a problem with you. That is a problem with the police. That is a problem with the thing. Because that is not... You You don't say, I'm not going to fix this problem because some people are messing up. That is not how it works. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. Um, if we're talking about crimes, all of us here that are black are victims of the kidnapping. Um. So let's, let's start there if we want to talk about criminal activity. Like, Let's if we if we want to get real technical about people's criminal activities, um, half the organizations we black people work for were started because of some criminal activity. Yeah. Some of them are probably still engaging in criminal activities while we work at these organizations. So we can't sit down here and start cherry picking what's criminal activity, what's not. If the people listen, like I said before, we ain't got our forty acres, we ain't got our reparations. Let 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 old boy take the TV. What what skin is it off your back, really, truly, honestly? Because this whole this whole concept of being worried about how they see it, it doesn't matter. Like, do you realize that for four hundred years we went from being slaves to sharecroppers to where we are right now, and the view of us hasn't changed? Like, when are you going to understand that part? It doesn't matter. Barack Obama was the entire president of this country for eight whole years. The president, the highest office in the land. Man went to Harvard. Man went to Columbia. Him have a wife from Princeton, lawyer too. And you know what? He's still a black man. He's still a black man. There are people that will not care what any of us have done, have achieved, have anything. We just going to be an N-word to them. That's it. The sooner that you can understand that, the, the faster that you can break yourself free from the mental chains of we got to be worried about what they think. It don't matter. It don't. It don't. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to touch on with this um, is um, how how things have escalated. Like now things have gotten to the point where um, they're talking, they're brought in the National Guard to some of these places. They're um, curfews all over um, the country now to keep, to keep uh, things from getting out of hand, allegedly. Um, 
45 got on the television yesterday. He tear gassed a bunch of people to stand in front of a church and hold the Bible. I, I'm surprised he didn't burn up. But, um, you know, and, and then basically threatened the American people and said, I'm going to send the armies in to shut this thing down if the governors and uh, the, state, the state officials can't shut it down. Um, I think that that is the most insane thing I have ever heard. And I really do hope and pray that somebody up there in the White House and that administration talks this man off the ledge and back to the Constitution and about what he can and cannot do. Because if you sicken the military on people, that's, that's, wow. We, we will just be, we will be descending into a new level of just like bananas at this point. Um, so in terms of like next steps, honestly, voting, absolutely do that. Get, get registered, fill out your absentee ballot. If you haven't done so already, go vote. Early voting, I think starts the week of June 17th, at least out here in Nassau County. I'm not sure about other places, but check your local, um, board of elections and see when voting, um, is taking place. Do your research, find out what, um, items need to be voted on, um, uh, when it comes to uh, this primary and when it comes to um, what we have to vote on in November. Like, get out there and vote. Get involved with different organizations that are working to bring um, real change and justice and equality. Um, do I'm not saying everybody got to get out there and protest because that's not everybody's ministry. Um, we, you know, the Bible says we are all one body and we have many parts. So whatever your part is, play your part. Even if your part, if your part is to pray, pray. If your part is to organize a group, organize a group. If your part is to donate to bail funds, donate to bail funds. Whatever your part is, just do your part. That's it. Um, because a new day is coming and we got to all get prepared and be ready and in place to do what it is we have to do. Um, another thing I want to talk about with this, and I just want to ask like, as a general question, why y'all keep expecting celebrities to say something about these things? Why are y'all making lists of which celebrities have and have not spoken up? Who cares? Who cares? Who, who cares? Who? Like people were like, well, when is Beyonce going to speak up? She said something and then people was like, eh, I don't know if I believe her. Um, so what, what, what does it matter? What does it matter? It does, Who it does. cares? Like we have got to, as a, as a society, stop this like celebrity worship and stop looking to them to give us directives on what to do. On you social know what, issues. On social issues. These people entertain. That is their job. Period. Let them do that. I don't, I don't, what is John Wu going to say about silly this? What does, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. So like what people what talk Ryan about, oh, T.I. said this and Killer Mike said that. I, okay. Cool story. They're regular citizens just like me. They just happen to have a little more money than me and a little more visibility than me. But they're regular citizens just like me. They can't do nothing. They're not in... in uh, what does elected... Jaru feel? How does he feel? How does John? Where's John? That's fine. Where's That's fine. Ja? If you don't know what Mark is doing, this is from Chappelle's show. Please do your Googles. No, that's Chappelle's show. Is it Chappelle's show? No, it's from his own special. From whose special? Chappelle. Yes, it's the Dave Chappelle special. Um, Where's John? Yes. Um, but seriously, like we gotta, we gotta stop that too. Cause nobody cares. I don't care what Nan celebrity <laughs> says or doesn't say. I don't care. Not one bit. It's not going to stop or, or, or start me to doing whatever it is I need to do. It doesn't matter. We got to stop looking to them 
for for stuff. So um, the other thing uh, in in view of the world burning, we finish. Uh-huh. And you have to understand sometimes celebrities just don't say anything because not what you they say they're wrong. So they're like, I'll just be quiet. Yeah, because I'll be honest. I, like I said, I'm not the hugest Beyonce fan of all time. Like she's fine. It's whatever. I she could have done without her message. Um, I didn't need it. It didn't. It didn't move me in any way, shape, or form to do anything or not do anything. But like, I feel like she put it out because she felt like she had to. And then like people were like, "Well, what's Jay Z's statement? I don't care about that either." Um, to be, I don't and, care about and, anything that any of them have to say. Yeah, I don't care. And they made statements. And they made statements, and I still don't care. Like, not even a little bit. I don't care. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, so today was supposed to be a blackout day. I don't know. You want to play the video? Uh, that the young lit that you showed me. So today was supposed to be a blackout day. I didn't know because you know I've been trying to stay off of social media a little bit because you know all weekend I kept seeing videos of George Floyd dying on my uh, Instagram. Like I was just scrolling, minding my business, trying to get to the entertaining content, and uh, I just kept seeing murder. It was every, crazy. Every time I come, I was like, no, I refuse to watch. So you know, and sometimes YouTube would put up not YouTube, Instagram would put up the um the explicit or sensitive matter warning. Sometimes they didn't. So I saw it about 50 times. Um, but apparently um, there was some announcement that we were to Tuesday, June 2nd, which is today, was going to be some kind of blackout day. And uh, people were just going to be posting um, black uh, squares or whatever on their Instagram. And um, I was seeing it. I was like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this is about. So... And I and when I, like, I, I really didn't understand it. I was like, so you're saying we shouldn't speak about the issue? We should just be quiet? Right. I was like, I'm but like, what, but what, what is that What doing? is that helping? What, what is, is that, that doing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like I don't understand. Being, I don't understand. And then the, one of the people who helped, organ, who helped organize it, she, she was like, that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. And this so was, she spoke. So these are her words. Hey, y'all. Brittany Hackman Cunningham at Miss Getty here. Um, I normally don't do this direct-to-camera thing, but I think that something is happening that we need to fix before it goes too far. And that thing is some confusion around what it appears Blackout Tuesday was meant to be. So I got on my Instagram feed this morning, and I saw that almost everybody I was following had put up a picture of Just Black. A lot of those people were my black friends, friends who are activists, organizers, or just black people who are feeling this at every moment, and they are the voices that everyone needs to be hearing from. If you are black and you posted that black picture as a show of solidarity, but your plan was always to post whatever you were going to post anyway today, either about this situation or your joy or your happiness or your frustration, whatever it is, then ignore this. People need to see all of those messages coming from black people because us being full human beings is in and of itself an act of resistance. Our existence is resistance. But if you are black and your plan was not to speak at all today, I am worried that either this whole game of telephone made this thing confusing or that somebody's actually co-opted what the music industry planned on doing and what Amplified Melanated Voices asked non-black people to do as a means of digital protest suppression. Look, social media is a critical tool. It is a tool to educate people about white supremacy. It is a tool for people to learn and reflect on their own anti-blackness. It is a tool for people to be able to advocate on behalf of victims of 
police violence, racism, and actually do the work that it takes. It is also an important tool for activists and organizers to stay connected, alert people about actions, and alert people about the immediate support that they need should people be jailed, need bail, etc. The idea that black people are going to be silent in a time when everybody needs to be hearing from us in particular is wild to me. And I don't know if in the game of telephone what started off as being the music industry's effort to stop their normal work today and actually learn and hear and reflect on what's happening. That was a, a strategy started by two black women in the music industry using the hashtag the show must be paused. I don't know if that went down the game of telephone and all of a sudden by the end what people heard was everybody blackout on Tuesday or frankly if somebody saw the intentions of that co-opted it and is using this as an opportunity to silence black voices we have seen this kind of digital suppression in the election space we saw it in 2016 we saw it in 2018 with false information being sent out to our communities and actually stopping people from saying and doing the things that matter the most look police everywhere last night assaulted peaceful protesters we even saw in front of the white house just to clear out space for that guy, that resident, who I will not name, to do a photo op in front of a church and invoke fascist iconography that should be scaring all of us. This is the last moment for black people in particular to be silent. So if you want to support in this way and you are black, put up your black post, don't put up your black post, but definitely do not stop talking. Our voices are the ones that need to be raised to the highest levels. If you are not black, then I urge you to follow the hashtag Amplify Melanated Voices. There are directions that I'll put on my next post because what those two black women have asked non-black people to do is to stop posting their regular content for a week and only post and tag things by black creators, black leaders, black activists, and black thinkers. If you do that, you are actually helping to raise the voices of black people instead of completely squashing the conversation. If we all get on our Instagram and everything is black, we're not talking about the things that matter. And if you do decide to put up a black picture as a post, do not use the hashtag Black Lives Matter because what it does is when you click on the hashtag, everything in there is black. So suddenly all of the content, all of the art, all of the education, all of the announcements of protests and events, all of those are suddenly buried, which again makes it feel like somebody is doing this on purpose. Please do share this around, not for me, but so that our community can continue to be heard when it's most necessary. All right. Yes. So basically, just just a quick rundown about what's being said. Number one, there were the, the protest was not saying black people should not be the ones being silent. Mm -hmm. It was for non-black people to be silent, so where we can have our voices be heard. Right. Number one. Number two, if people were posting black squares, to mm -hmm. not put hashtag Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. because if you do that. You're pushing all the actual content down. Mm -hmm. So if you type in Black Lives Matter, all you see is a bunch of black boxes. Right. You don't see the actual voices mm -hmm. of people uh, who are trying to support yep. uh, black lives. Right. Um, they're saying is during this time, you should be promoting black ideas, black entrepreneurship, black creators at this time. Mm -hmm. it, is, it was a motion to the music industry initially mm -hmm. who, was, who, who, who um, profits off of black art a lot of times, to put a pause on that and focus more on black creativity and, their, and, to, and to share and post that information instead. 
what she was also saying was she's not sure if this was a coordinated effort or just people were just misconstrued in a game of telephone. Mm-hmm. Whatever way, it was misconstrued incorrectly. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be doing for the next week. Non-black voices should be toned down. Mm-hmm. Black voices should go up. Right. That is the purpose of the actual thing. Absolutely. And people got it misconstrued. And I understand what people were trying to do. They trying. To, they thought that it was just a little solidarity thing. Mm-hmm. I understand. But this is what she said is a time that black voices should be heard a lot more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Look at us. Educational podcast. Informative podcast. We're on the streets. We're getting getting the people to the knowledge that they need. Amen. All right. The streets. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. The world is is burning, <laughs> and I think it's kind of gotten to the point where this is this is the last resort. Unfortunately, like I think we would be unrealistic at this point to expect that things are going to get better quickly. I think that it's going to be more of the same, probably a little bit crazier before it gets better. But someone, I read something on uh, Facebook where they said, um, and I'm trying to quote it right. They basically said something like, even though it hurts, this is healing. Because when something, when you have a cut or or a broken bone, it hurts initially. But as it heals, it hurts less and less. So hurt is part of the healing process is, is basically what they were saying. And so I think while what's happening right now is painful, um, both on individual and collective levels. Um, I think that ultimately what will come of this will be something better than what it is we've currently been dealing with. And while that is a scary concept and I don't know what better looks like, and I don't know if it's better for everybody or just better for some people, like, I don't know. But like, I just know that we have to be, we have to have our eyes open be ready, stay prayed up, um, and just just take it day by day. Do the best you can. Uh, unplug when you need to unplug. Decompress when you need to decompress. Don't allow fear to overtake you and to like immobilize you because that's where you run into trouble. When you allow fear to do those things to you, first of all, you jack up your immune system. Like literally, your body fights you know when you're when you're in, in operating in fear the rest of your body just kind of stops fighting a little bit and so you're more susceptible to stuff um but also when you when you start operating in fear you're not thinking right you're not doing your best you're not being your best so whatever things it is that you need to do to kind of take a break from it all when you have to absolutely do that but like always know that there is a place for you in this fight no matter what there is a place for you there's an opportunity for you to get in there and do something to make a difference to make this world a better place michael jackson voice um so yeah um we 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 covered some things just now that weren't necessarily comfortable to talk about or weren't necessarily the most positive or any of those things but we got to talk about this real stuff because it's really really happening um so I want to play a little bit of a song um, from our artist spotlight today. Our artist spotlights. Artist spotlight. Oh, if you have any questions about our topic, please. Yes, um, or comments. 
All Love Nuclear, PCAST. Yes, comment com, in the comments. Um, in our Facebook comments, Instagram comments. Mm-hmm. Once again, we're still live on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we got a lot of, we, we, we had a lot of, th- we talked about a lot of things, but I'm sure there are plenty of things we didn't talk about because it was just, it's just way too much. Yeah. Way too much been happening. Um, So the person I want to highlight today is a gospel singer by the name of Todd Delaney. Um, if you're not, I'm not going to say that. Um, if you're into like modern uh, contemporary gospel music, you might have heard of him. Um, or you might have heard his songs. Or you might have heard his songs, but not known it was him. Um, he put out like a song that I'm going to play in a little bit that um, pretty much everyone has heard. And I feel like it's appropriate to play um, to help us keep perspective on everything that's happening around this. So Todd Delaney... How long can you put it in? 90 seconds. Um, So Todd Delaney um, is from Illinois. Um, He uh, used to play baseball and apparently got drafted in the uh, 2002 Major League Baseball draft. But he decided to stop playing baseball and become a gospel musician because he felt like that's what God was calling him to do. And he uh, started working with Smokey Norfolk and that's kind of how his career took off. He is married to um, Kenyatta Stone Delaney, and they have four children, um, Tenley, Taylor, Tyler, and Todd Jr., and they live in Chicago, Illinois. So this song that I'm about to play 90 seconds of, or a little under 90 seconds of, is um, pretty popular. Um, it goes up at every uh, event I've ever been to where they played it. It went up. Um, you might, Like I said, you might have heard the song but not known that it was him. So I'm gonna give it a play right now. Um.
So that was um, Your Great Name by Todd Delaney. Had to cut that thing off for the people cut our uh, video off. Because <laughs> um, I think we, we said it at the beginning of the podcast. We realized that's why it probably cut off last week. Because we was playing um, the song and they was hating. So they cut us off. But um, Your Great Name, like it goes up every time. And I just think it's a, a positive reminder that, you know, God is still with us. It might not feel that way. It might not look that way. But like, if you just need a moment just to be encouraged, um, get that song in your spirit. It's a full six minutes long. So obviously we couldn't, we couldn't go with that. that we couldn't rock with that one. We had to let it go. But Todd Delaney, he has a lot of great songs. He actually has also put out an EP recently. I follow him on Instagram. So um, he put out an EP called Back to the Book. And how I how I ended up getting into this was he was on Instagram and his um, drummer had the Bible open and was showing him a verse and said, like, play this. And, he st- and the verse he had open was Proverbs verse, the chapter he had open was Proverbs verse 3. And um, if you aren't familiar with Proverbs verse 3, um, it basically says, um, verses 5 and 6 are the ones most people know. Trust not in, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So he was um, singing, um, and there's a part of it where it says, um, keep the words of, of the Lord like on the tablet of your heart. And so he was repeating that phrase and he ended up making like a whole song out of it, which is beautiful. And it's on this back to the book um, EP. So I think it's on all the places I, I use title, but I believe it's also on Spotify and those other places. So go check it out. It'll bless you. It'll give you what you need. Um, he's really just great in terms of like worship leading and song leading. Like he, he gets me, he gets me. I get him. We, we, we vibe. So, um, yeah, get into Todd Delaney. So in other things that have been happening in the world outside of, uh, you know, it burning down. Uh, so um, I wanted to talk about this last week. We didn't have enough time. So because we just played um, some gospel music and we're talking about um, faith for a second, um, I wanted to touch on um, this topic uh, just a little bit. So there's a guy who whose name I had up in front of me and, of course, have now lost. Let me see if I can find it. Um, shouts to Dalton for um, sending this article to to uh, me and Mark, as a matter of fact. Um, so there was a young man uh, who was part of a um, a gospel uh, rock group um, uh, from Canada, um, and he put out a statement. Um, recently saying that he no longer believes in God. Yes, his name is, uh, what's his name? John Steingard, and he was part of a Christian band called Hawk Nelson. Um, I guess it's like, you know, some Hillsong type vibes. Um, no shade to Hillsong, but yeah, if you know, you know. Um, and he basically came out and said, after all these years of being in the church and being in a gospel band or whatever, he's no, or a Christian band, he is no longer a Christian. And um, the reason he said he felt that way was because, well, there are a few reasons. He said he felt like whenever he asked questions, he was kind of given a, well, you got to go look at the original Greek or you got to uh, go back and read what the word says. And he was like, yeah, I did that. And I still, I still have these questions. It didn't help me find answers. So he felt like he never was able to get answers to the questions that he was seeking he also kind of felt like he just kind of followed along with it because his past, his father was a pastor and he grew up in church. So 
And he's a guy that's around our age. So I kind of thought it was interesting and I wanted to talk about it a little bit because when we talked about it amongst ourselves, um, my thought process was, I'm not surprised. Um, A lot of people in our generation, unfortunately, um, especially those of us who grew up in church, and I did, a lot of us honestly don't know God for ourselves. Um, Didn't. Didn't. Know God for ourselves. I'm, I'm going to say some of us still don't, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I know, but like, I'm talking about yourself. Yeah, the, I'm, I, I said us. Yes. Correct. I'm not us. I'm, I'm me. You're part Singular of us. Singular plural. Yes. I'm talking about. But anyway, <laughs> um, so they, uh, there are a lot of people of our of our generation who went to church their whole life. They went to the Christian summer camps. They signed the purity pledges. They did all these things. And it's like, if we're being honest, and I had to say this to myself, there's a lot of things that I did and went along with and said just because everybody else was doing it and I was following the group. I didn't necessarily believe those things or think those things myself. I just didn't know that I could think something else. And so if that's your whole experience and you've never really encountered God for yourself or never experienced God for yourself, I could see why at this juncture, after all of this, where you've just kind of been following the rules, so to speak, and following the roadmap laid out for you, that at some point you would be like, oh, I don't know if I really believe in any of this anymore. Um, And, you know, what I'm about to say might be a little controversial, but I kind of stand by it. I kind of feel like I don't have a problem with raising kids in the parents' religion, but I kind of do have a problem with encouraging kids to make certain stands when it comes to their faith when they're like preteens and teenagers. And the reason I say that is because there are some people, yes, some teens who absolutely know this is what they believe, this is what they want to follow, this is this. But I think that we also have to be careful that we're not allowing like fear, peer pressure or FOMO to get kids to sort of commit to things that they're really not understanding or ready to, because then what happens is this down the road, as they get older, they live life a little bit more. They have certain experiences. They have certain, um, you know, opportunities and stuff like that. It, it opens up the door for questions that they never thought of before because they were in this bubble. And now that they have these questions, and they're not getting the answers, it makes it seem like everything that they were taught or that they believed was a lie. And it isn't necessarily that it's a lie. It's just that how they were taught, how they were taught does not align with how they feel or what they think is right now. And they need help to get to a place where they feel that way. But when they don't get that help, they just abandon faith altogether. And I think that's dangerous. So I I think that, you know, we have to be mindful of, A, like the mind states of children that are growing up in faith. And then I think we also, as the church, have to be ready to have those conversations and address those things so that when the time comes, when these kids grow up and come back and ask us things, we have answers beyond, oh, Go back and read what the word says or check the Greek. Like, we got to do better than that. Like, that's lazy, in my opinion. 
Like people were commenting on what the guy said, like, oh, he was just trying to get put on. He was just trying to get famous. Now he's trying to go to uh, the mainstream music route. I'm like, no, he, it sounds to me like he had some genuine questions about faith and he was not getting answers that were sufficient in helping him understand and work through the hard questions that he had. And so he said, I don't know if I think any of this is real because I have doubts. I've expressed these doubts and the answers being given to me are cookie cutter and generic. Um, which is the problem. We have to be mindful. We have to be mindful that the way we teach Christianity does not come off as cultish. Yes. Christianity, in my belief, is not, in its way, the way it is, is not a cult. No. The way people teach it, it's cultish. Times, can be cultish. Yes. And that is what the problem is. It, it comes up very cultish with certain things and, and especially on how they teach children um, and people think it's okay to teach it that way because it comes from a truth sample mm-hmm. the problem is when you teach things cultish you get cultish reactions yep um, when you teach things a certain way you can get you will create a backlash and you can um create cultish behavior and the way people react to it and the way that people respond to it um, because it's done incorrectly. Right, right. I agree. So you have to be mindful of it. You have to be mindful of how we, how we, how we operate, how we move in those spaces. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, because, you know, and I, I've seen it where, you know, there's certain denominations within Christianity, like the way they teach, they teach it. And the things that they believe, it's it it creates a problem for for people who grow up in that faith. Once they start seeing other things, then it's like, well, is what I was taught before like not true at all? And you have to understand to be thirty years old or almost thirty years old, and to look back and be like, I have serious questions about all the things I thought I believed for my whole life. Like, you have to understand, like, the existential crisis that that is for a person. And um, if you're not prepared to answer the questions and help that person work through that and come to um, a fruitful conclusion about it, then you're really kind of doing them a disservice. And you really are kind of treating them like a cult because you're just like, well, uh, you have questions about what we're doing or you're no longer on board with what we're doing. Get out of here. You have to step in because that that's basically what it seems like. It was like, oh, he had too many questions and it was just kind of like, all right, well, we can't help you. We don't know what your problem is. I guess you don't believe in God no more. Bye. Um, I mean, he said that there were people, you know, that he knew that, you know, were still supportive and praying for him and doing this and doing that. But it's like, if we want to teach the gospel and we want to teach our beliefs, we also need to be able to have answers to the dark questions, to the hard questions when the time comes. Otherwise, we're going to continue to lose more and more people from the faith. And not just Christianity, from a lot of organized religion. Like, we're going to continue to lose followers, especially of the younger generations, if we don't have the answers or at least have the knowledge to direct them to the appropriate answers. 
um, when they ask. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, speaking of things related to Christianity, so the Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond versus happened this past Sunday. And let me tell you something. It hit, okay? Um, if you were in choir as a kid or, uh, yeah, a valid question and don't question God. Exactly. Like stuff like don't question God, what that mean? Why? Why? Like who said that you can't? Where does it say that? I don't understand that. Um, I'm just being honest. No, I know, but like, no, definitely. Yes, I was reading a comment on uh, Facebook. I'm sorry. But yes, so Kirk Franklin and Fred did a versus this past uh, Sunday, and it was amazing. Like, I honestly didn't think anything could kind of top uh, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. That that was a whole bashment, and we needed that whole bashment. But, like, we also needed, like, the joy and the healing from that Kirk versus Fred versus. Let me tell you something. I did not know the commission had these kind of jams. I'm going to have to go get my download on and play the commission. And I, you know what I also realized? I forgot how smooth Fred Hammond's voice is. That man's voice is smooth. Ooh, you hear me? Like, there's a lot of singers that have a lot of rasp and a lot of mm, mm, mm inside their voice. But Fred Hammond joint is like butter. Like, it is just pleasant to listen to him sing. So it was his voice is so unique. Yes, it's so unique, and it like the songs they played just took me back to like Hashtag Gospel Ensemble. Shouts out to HGE. Uh, it took me back to like being a kid and being a teenager and singing in church. It took me back to like praise dances that I did when I was like. It just took me back and brought me to a really happy place. Like when he played, uh, when Kirk played. Uh, Oh my goodness, Silver and Gold. Like, that's one of my favorite Kirk Franklin songs. Um, I got my life. I was in the car jam. We were sitting outside in front of the house. I'm sure the neighbors thought we were nuts because we was in there like, eh, 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 jamming, jamming. Like, it was so good. Like, Kirk Franklin is an entertainer, okay? He was in there with the personality and the hee-ha-ha and the jokes. Like, it was just a good time. And he kept calling Fred Hammond, Frederick, Frederick. <laughs> And I'm just like, sir, don't nobody call that man Frederick. Don't nobody. It's just you. It's just you. They brought Marvin Sapp in there, and he gave us a little... Kirk Franklin, like Mark said, Mark said, Kirk Franklin's one of them people that's going to make you sing if he knows that you can sing and you are in the building. So Kirk like, Franklin... He, 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 oh, not Kirk he, Franklin. Marvin Sapp. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. Kirk Franklin, like, to ma no matter how much you, put, you might put people on a certain pedestal, Kirk Franklin will still commit anybody to sing. Yes. He's like, nah, we come, let's get to sing. And they're like, all right, I guess we're singing. I guess I'm singing. <laughs> like, just give me the... Like, he'll make everybody like, I guess we're singing now. Yeah, because like, you've seen his videos on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever, where he's like, he's at a concert and he calls people up on the stage and just hands them the mic and he's in their ear saying the words as they're singing, which is insanity. Um, But yeah, he had Marvin Sapp come out and like, you know, they were only able to play 90 minute, 90 seconds of the song. So then he was following up on the keyboard and Fred was singing with him. Um, they brought out Tamala Mann to sing Take Me to the King and she sang down like she always do. Um, it was it was beautiful. It was like yeah. so healing and cathartic and refreshing. Like we absolutely needed that. And the fact that they had, I think, almost 300,000 people yeah. watching and I'm not going to front. In my mind, a lot of these celebrities don't know nothing about no Jesus. They don't know nothing about no God. But to see Kerry Washington and Lena Waithe and those type of people in there going up, like, this my song, yes, play it, Kirk, play it. For, like, they was in there going up. I was like, wow, yeah. okay, I see it, I see it. I respect.
expect it. It was just really, really, really good. Yeah, I I loved it. it, Back, it, it kudos it was, to versus two weekends in a row. Y'all y'all brought it for yeah. real. Like a few things. Um, number one, I guess versus realizes that the best way to do it is you get the most of the Yes, yes, because we ain't got no time for no choppy sound. Then nobody yeah. want to hear no silver and gold over no crackling the internet. Then nobody yeah. have time That's for that. No. Number two. Um, it was funny in the beginning. Kurt Franklin addressed <laughs> the nonsense. He was like, "I wear small clothes because I'm small." <laughs> yeah, that's number one. And then he was like, "No, I am not." Uh, what's his name? Uh, Plies. He's like, "I am not Plies." <laughs> Yo, that had me rolling. And then people in the comments was like, "You Plies, yeah. you Plies. Don't 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 do us. Um, you Plies." I was not laughing with that. Um, he put, like certain songs. He was like, "I'm playing this whole song." Yeah. Um, what was it that he played the whole thing on? More than, more than I, I can. Oh my god. <laughs> When, when when you hear the lady start crying at the beginning of oh 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 like when you hear that you're like all right I'm about to and we all become choir members when it come yeah. on everybody comes in I've come through the fire and I've been through the flood I've been broken into pieces see lightning flash. From above, but through, I remember that He loves me, and He cares, and He'll never put more on me than I can bear. I had no intention of going through that whole part, but like you kept going, so I went with it. But like that's how we was when it came on on the thing. When they got to his words, I said, oh, 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 I was falling out. I was falling out. All right, Mark. I receive it. All right, I'm not doing that. It's mine. I don't have it. I claim it. It's mine. It's mine. I can't. All right, all right, all right, all right. The people, Kirk gave, just go play it. Go play it. It'll bless you. You're going to join in with your part, too. Soprano, alto, tensor, bass, banner, you... Um, um, I said bass banner, bass tenor. You gonna jump in? You gonna yeah. be there? You gonna be ready? You gonna know your part? But it was really, really, really good. Um, I like it when you play ultra light beam too. I guess I still don't see it for that. But yeah. y'all, y'all go. No, up no, I don't like a lot of other kind of songs, but ultra light beam goes up every time. Yeah, ultra light beam goes sure. up every single time for me. I'll bet it does. Um, um yeah. but what up? What's up? Um, so, um, moving on to whew, more stressful, more stressful things. Um, so Jeffrey Epstein, for all of y'all, what about Epstein? What about Epstein? They only making documentaries about R. Kelly and Russell Simmons. What about Epstein? There's a whole four part documentary now on Netflix for you to watch in case you were wondering. Um, it's up. You can go watch the whole thing. Um, it'll bless you or not. Well, not bless you. Bless you is bless you is strong, but it exists. It's a thing. So it's you there. can stop. You can stop with the what about Epstein. So. The we've only seen two and a half episodes of the documentary. Um, we gonna we gonna finish the rest, but I will say this. Um, I don't know if I don't have empathy, or it's just the way that this documentary has been produced. But I'm dead watching it the whole time, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just like I kept I went into it like okay. They're about to say some things in this documentary that's going to stress me out, that's going to have me disgusted with humanity, that's going to have me angry, all of that. I legit am watching it like, all right. Like, I'm not moved. I'm just, I'm like, is something wrong with me? 
Like, why don't I? Like, R. Kelly's documentary, I had feelings. I had a lot of things to say. I was upset. This thing, I'm just sitting here like, y'all. Y'all. Like, I don't want to disparage no victims, but I don't know who made this. I don't know if it was somebody that's friends with Jeffrey Epstein. I don't know who made this. But this thing is just, y'all, the way it is being edited and the way it's being put out, it makes it, it makes these girls sound like scammers. No lie. They do. That's how it feels. It comes off to me. These girls sound like scammers. And I'm not saying that they weren't sexually assaulted. They weren't raped. No. They were, I'm not saying any of that. The it, makes, way, it makes it seem like all the all the girls there are scammers also. Yes, it may that's how that's the, the energy they're painting them in. Like with the R. Kelly documentary, they definitely painted R. Kelly as the definite villain and these girls as definite victims. This Epstein thing, these girls look like some scammers. Um I'm not saying they are scammers, I'm just saying that's how it look. That's how the people made it. Um it 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 looks to me like like, Jeffrey Epstein was just out here living his full white man privilege. Like, that's it. The fact that this dude did not graduate from college, but was teaching at a whole $60,000 a year private school. And and, and, and then, nobody was like, wait. And then went and got a job somewhere on Wall Street. They found out he didn't have no degrees. They confronted him. He was like, yeah, you're right. I don't have it. I just figured that, like, I couldn't get a job over there if I didn't graduate from college. So I just made it up. And, and they were like, like, well, you know, maybe he gets something else. I'm like, yeah, we don't want to ruin his life. So, you know, we'll just, you know, we can find him something else. And I'm just like, rock. I promise you. Just be bananas. <laughs> y'all just be trusting him. Like, y'all trust white, other white people like crazy. Y'all just be trusting him. Like, that's the other part. This whole documentary. I realize that white people just be trusting white people. And, and, and like, I, it's admirable. And honestly, I've, I realize that across other <laughs> documentaries. Like, white people just be trusting other white people. And they're like, they trust the government. They trust the police. Like, they, they, they would never think that police be acting up, the government be acting up. And, like, and I think that's what it is. Because, like, something's happening. And, like, I, like, they were like, but the police said this was true. And the FBI said it's true. And I was like, and you believe them? Like, the, and, and it's stuff like that that makes it clear to me that we are different. Yes, we all bleed red. God made us all, but we different. Black people ain't trusted nothing since 1619. We don't trust nothing. So the fact that y'all just be out here just trusting is insane. Like, I don't, like, I cannot wrap my mind around it. I haven't trusted anything since the day I was born. I have been suspicious all my life. So the fact that folks just be out here just trusting all willy-nilly is bananas to me. I do not understand. Trusting FBI? I just do not, I don't get, I'm like, huh? All the evidence is presented that something is definitely amiss. They still be like, nah, I don't think that's what it is. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Help me to understand because I cannot, I cannot process. I it was like, it like apparently, this. when you have money, you get away with stuff. Well, yeah, but duh, yeah, yeah that's, that is a problem. But don't be saying it all flabbergasted. Like, <laughs> like I, can't, I can't believe it. Uh, uh yeah, I, that's what happens. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Yes. Oh my god, I was so stunned to realize that uh, he probably had connections with the police department and the judges and the FBI. Yeah. Like, what? What's the surprise, fam? Like, what? <laughs> like, I'm confused about what you're confused about. Like, that's that's how what? I literally feel. This whole this whole documentary so far, I'm like, I'm confused about why you're confused. Because I, I, I... All of the things seem to line up. Like, what part of this are you not quite... It all makes sense. One plus one is equal in two here. I'm not sure why you... I was very confused. <sighs> So we're going to finish it, but like, 
I, I, yeah. This, this is underwhelming at best. At most. Yeah, just underwhelming. Um, so speaking of Jeffrey Epstein, uh, I don't know if y'all was outside this weekend on the internet, but Anonymous is back. And they are shaking the table. And I think like the shaking protest, the protest okay. people don't really, I think the, the protest, the people don't know that Anonymous is out here just exposing. No, Anonymous was out here posting Jeffrey Epstein whole business. They posted uh, the the um, the documents from the lawsuit he was in with Donald Trump about they, about um, raping a fourteen about year. raping some kids. Yeah, um, Anonymous um, expo- like they was messing with the uh, department. The um, was that Minnesota? Uh huh. Police department that was out here just like they had the Chicago Police Department's uh, uh, radios and played um, NWA's "F the Police" on it. I guess so they wouldn't like know what's going on with the protests. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, they also hacked the computers to show like there's a pattern of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They hacked um, an article showing that someone who like that the, the British government killed Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the stuff we knew about, but anonymous was like, "Hey, all this stuff." Is anonymous said, "We got receipts. We will continue to post the receipts." I love anonymous. Let me tell you why. <laughs> anonymous vanished. At, this is how you make a comeback after you have disappeared. Anonymous disappeared three years ago. We was like, oh, that's dead. That's done. And then Anonymous popped up like, bow. Ta-da. Watch out now. I said, well, all right. They back and they shaking the table. Um, I'm I'm here for all of it. I Like, I woke up Sunday morning like, go on. <laughs> like, I was like, I think Sunday morning is when I officially kind of mentally lost it for a couple of minutes. I'm actually more shocked. I was like, I cannot. Like, what else? Like, what is happening here? I'm actually more shocked that there's not a lot of posts about it. Oh, because Twitter's scrubbing them. Yeah, because like a lot of stuff has been like yeah, yeah. Twitter, Twitter is deleting a lot of their um, a lot of their posts. Yeah, so like people are screenshotting them to save them because they know that it's not going to last long. Because Twitter's going in and like delete, delete, delete. Because there's there's a lot of stuff that's out there. Mm-hmm. But they said they're not going to stop. They said they're going to keep posting stuff. They're going to keep dropping receipts. And I will be tuned in. Ready and waiting. Okay? Come through, Anonymous. Uh, speaking of things that are back, apparently Ebola is back, too. Um, I saw a report that four people um, died in the Congo from Ebola. So, yeah, 2020 is going swimmingly. Um, it's going really, really great. Um, yeah. We got uh, murder hornets. We got um, coronavirus. We got the version of it that be attacking the kids. We got the protests. We got police brutality. We got anonymous with the receipts. Um, yeah, Ebola now too. It's it's going swimmingly, twenty twenty. Going swimmingly. Um, moving on to just foolishness at this point because I feel like we've discussed a number of serious things. So, um. Where do I start? So Stevie J and Faith and Faith Evans. Um, I know this was quite the segue, um, but I wanted to talk about it because I love Faith Evans as a singer. Um, I think she, I actually, when I was in the McDonald's Gospel Choir a couple of years ago at the McDonald's Gospel Fest in New Jersey, um, we sang background for her when she came and performed. So I stood close to her. She seems like a lovely lady. Um. She got arrested over the weekend. In the midst of all the protesting and the looting and the pandemic and all of this, Faith Evans got arrested over the weekend, allegedly for um, beating the brakes off of Stevie J. Um, I that's that's what it said. I read it. They said, <laughs> they said beating the brakes off. 
I paraphrase. <laughs> um, the report from what I read said that um, he had like bruises and um, cuts. It looked like he had old bruises and old cuts, and then he had new open um, wounds. Uh, and so they took uh, Miss Faith Evans down to the jail. Um, I believe she was bonded out. I'm not sure if Stevie bonded him, bonded her out, but um, they bought. She went to the jail and got bonded out. Um, now, I like I said, I love Faith Evans. I love her voice, her music, and I just feel like she's a legend in her own right. So I just don't understand why she is still out here in these streets, carrying on with she, this kind of foolishness. I well, do not. What I, what I, I do not understand. What I do know. Me is confused. Certain people from that era, you're not gonna mess with them, right? And I mean, Faith Evans is one of them. Yeah, Faith Evans has told us that she has pulled up, waving the full four, ready to fight. She has beat the bricks off of several people, off little little Kim Kim and several other young women. For like, and by who's having messed with her? Yes. Mm -hmm. So like, she has she has been known, right? She to beat the bricks. Right. Her her hands are documented. That is that that is correct. She has known. That that is correct. Her hands are documented. Um, I just feel like Faith too old to be out here in these streets. He was talking nonsense. He might have been, but <laughs> I just. What, but what, the what, fact that they brought up that he has old wounds, or so, I'm like, so are you regular? Are y'all regularly getting into fights? Is that what's happening? Here? I just, I just think it's funny how like the police got to the house, looked at Stevie J's face, and was like, "You going to jail?" Right, like, ma'am, <laughs> look, look at whatever J. happened here, you're going to jail. <laughs> I don't know Period. what happened, but it was definitely you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it is. I don't know how Faith keeps choosing these men because her last husband was like on the drugs and she was on the drugs with him. I'm like, is Faith back on the drugs? No, like aspersions, no libel. But like, why are you out here beating up this man to the point where know. they took you to jail? I don't know. Like, what's happening? I just here, know the man? police saw his face and was like, Faith, you gotta go. Yeah, like Faith, <laughs> to the jail you go, Miss Faith. <laughs> you were, Stevie, you were, Stevie, Stevie was probably like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good. Stevie was like, no, nah, you were not okay. You're not okay. We're going to take good. you to uh, Grady Hospital for some medical treatment. He looked at um, Stevie was like, you were not okay. You're not okay. We got to take you to the hospital, sir. Because this lady, she, she has, beat the brakes off. She has beat you. She she has beat you, sir. Um, Because I'm just like, what? What in the... Like, like, I, like this is not the news I expect to see from Faith Evans. I'm, I'm expecting sorry, to see you got new music coming out. You do... Like, I don't want to see you... Going to the jailhouse like, for beating up I, my I Stevie do know J. Gay, he be looking real. He be doing grimy stuff. Yeah. So he probably do some grimy stuff. Yeah. And she said she was she beat the but she's like I'm going to beat that out. Yeah, because I feel like I heard a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago that like there were rumors that he was cheating or that they had broken up or something. Maybe I should break up because Faith, you don't need to be going to jail behind no Stevie J. If, it just don't make sense. Like what? Make I mean, it make sense. Like, once again, Stevie, Stevie I, 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 I hope Stevie understood that. I don't think Stevie understood that. That, that Faith would, got hands? That, no, that Stevie, would, that she would beat the bricks off of you. <laughs> right. Play games. She's not scared. She does <laughs> she, not, she does she not appear, she does not appear to have the fear. Um, you know, she's I like, think, she's like, oh, who, who that? Who yeah. That? Who, who that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Faith Evans gives me, like, her and Whitney Houston, she said that her and Whitney Houston were really good friends. They give me, her and Whitney both give me, like, pretty girls from the hood vibes. And people are like, oh, they're pretty. They can't get with it. And they were like, oh, you thought wrong, sis. That's what I said. I can get with you. Certain I can people, get with anybody. Certain people from back then, they're like, they're, they're very, they're like, Mary J. Blige. Because like, I didn't kidding. realize Faith, I was, I mean, um, Whitney was about that life till Wendy Williams was on that show, on the radio show talking trash. And Whitney got on the phone and said, sis, if we was in Newark, I would tell you to meet me outside. 
But, you know, it's whatever. Keep talking, though. When I see you, we gonna see each other. I was like, oh, Whitney. And she sounded dead serious. I was like, oh, she's not. Stop playing around. Whitney's ready to pull up. She doesn't have any time. Rest in peace to the good sis, Whitney. But um, Faith, yeah. Faith out here just putting putting paws on him. I'm like, I know it's not, a pandemic, sis, but the, you gotta and, relax. And this is not a funny thing. I'm not laughing at the guy for being abused. No. No, we're not. We're not. I'm yes. just saying that Faith be doing a lot. Right, and he should have he should have watched the documentaries about her yes. and watched the Biggie movie and realized that she does in fact put hands on people. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yes, I'm not laughing at his pain. No, we're not laughing at his pain. We're he just sh- saying he, that he didn't. They, they sh- he should get out of an abusive situation. Absolutely, do not be in an abusive situation. You don't have to live like this. No, you don't have to be that way. Yeah, there's no reason for someone to be abused. However, you should get out of it. Yes, however, but also stay away from her. Right, because Faith then showed the girls that she puts hands on. She's people. going to beat you. Right, Faith then showed the girls that she puts hands on people. Stop playing with her. Um, the other, the last thing I really wanted to talk about was um, Tiger King update. Tiger King update. So at this point in time, we have been inside for a little while. We have all watched, or should have all watched, the Tiger King um, legendary Oscar worthy documentary on Netflix. I need that thing to get some awards because it's life changing. So um, update. Uh, Carol Baskin, who killed her husband, whacked him, um, now owns Joe Exotic Zoo. Joe Exotic is down to the jail, stressed out during the corona, and Carol Baskin now owns his zoo. You know what? Hats off to Carol Baskin. She's diabolical. She is diabolical. She didn't kill the whole husband. Basically sat on our television and told us how to potentially get a lion to eat somebody. And she is still free. She's not seen the inside of a jail yet. And now she owns Joe Exotic Zoo. I think that is hilarious. I I just she got what she wanted. That lady told us that they told us on that documentary that she was trying to take Joe Exotic Mama house, take the zoo, take everything, and it looks like she has succeeded at getting that zoo. Um, I don't know what she's gonna do with it now, but you know, I, I, I go Carol Baskin, go Carol Baskin. You you go off, sis. You live your best life. I'm not even mad. I'm not even. Well, I am a little mad because she she is a poacher, just like like I'm everybody else. I'm but. also I'm I'm say I'm still pretty convinced that she killed her husband. No, same same so, same, so same. I'm I'm pretty convinced that at one point all the stuff can come back to her because you can't just kill your husband and cool. Right, like that's not gonna <laughs> work. Uh, like, and didn't didn't we talk about this early on the podcast that um or a couple podcasts ago that they was investigating her? Yeah. Whatever happened to that? Or did they yeah. did they they put pause on that because you know pandemic and like people crazy out here in these streets and things are happening but um yeah i hope they got her uh together uh i hope they get her together i should say um in this uh in these in these times because uh that's wild that she has control of his zoo (laughs) she said she's the poster child for petty for karenness i mean listen um she might be but uh sis said i'ma get that zoo and what about it? And what about it? All right, um, and what about it? So it's, it's, uh, that, that was all we had here um, for today on the All Love No Fear yeah, um, the, podcast. The um, BLM key tips real quick. Um, just don't utilize the um, struggle that we have as a marketing tool. That's all I ask, really. Yeah, don't be. You look so, crazy. Because like, I, I know that like they already used to utilize the coronavirus as a marketing tool. Yeah. Stop trying to use this as poster childs for your marketing. Everything is uh, not a moment. That's what I'm going to leave with. Um, this was our season finale. We'll be back in July. 
Yes, we will be back in July. Yes. Yes. We'll be back in July. Yes. Um, thank you so much for everybody who, who um, supports us. Thank yes. you so much for support. Um, like, share, subscribe. Yes, like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends. Um, you can go back and listen to uh, all of the episodes. Um, they're on Spotify. They're on Tidal. They're on um, Stitcher, Podbean, Himalaya, uh, all the places where they have podcasts at. That's where we are. Um, so, you know. Also, I'm a Slytherin. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, Mark is a Slytherin. I'm a Slytherin. I need a I'm Ravenclaw a shirt. I lost my I'm Ravenclaw pin. Uh, yes, July. Don't cry. It's okay. It'll be over. Oh, the sign is falling. Jesus. <laughs> What's so paranoid? I was like, why is that happening? Okay, but you're just going to hold it up because, you know, that's what we do here. We keep it we keep it professionally. This, this arm is normal. Yes, it's doing normal things. Nothing crazy. It's not um, The sign is falling. No, it's fine. It's fine. Nothing's nothing's happening. Um, yes, Mark is a Slytherin. I'm a Ravenclaw. I need like a Ravenclaw shirt or something. Slytherin. And for those who don't know house. what that is, it's Harry Potter. Um, it's for there are four houses. Get on Pottermore.com and figure out what your Harry Potter house is. Um, my husband is a Slytherin. I'm a Ravenclaw. Um, it makes sense. I wasn't surprised that you were a Slytherin at all. We say it like that. No, 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 no. The oh, Tara's a Hufflepuff. All right. Of course you were Hufflepuff. Y'all, everybody love everybody. That's 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 what them Hufflepuffs is about. Don't be giving the people your booty, baby. Um, Ravenclaws are the like educated, erudite, uh, you know, just you know, book smart individuals. Um, the Slytherins are crafty and uh, and uh, creative yes. in achieving their goals. Craft, yes, creative, creative, creative. Yes. The word that they use in the description is cunning. Which doesn't always have a positive connotation, but it is an accurate description. You can be positively cunning. Yes, you can be positively cunning, and uh, Mark is positively cunning. I'm so. positively cunning. Yes. yes, and we're saying cunning. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so. <laughs> we both were like, "What is that?" Um. So yeah, uh, team Team Ravenclaw, Team Slytherin, we in the building. It's going down. Um, Team Wakanda's in the building. Team Atlanta A&T is in the building. Team BLM is in the building. Team All Love No Fear podcast is in the building. Like, we are just so happy that we have made it through um, this season because I'm not going to front once outside closed and our um, opportunity to record in the studio like we normally do kind of vanished. Um, it was kind of like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Are we still going to do this? Are we still going to try to put stuff out like it was really very uh very challenging to figure it out but like we thank you guys for sticking with us throughout this and for being loyal listeners and supporters we thank you guys so 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 much this is a wrap on season two of the all love no fear podcast season two this is the season finale season finale Season finale. Season <laughs> she said, I'm just going to wrap Team Delta and watch it. Season finale. Please excuse my husband. Finale. I'm not sure why he keeps doing that. <laughs> I'm not sure what the hands are about. I just really do not understand. Um, but this is this is who you're choosing to be. And that's it. But seriously. 
Yeah, we're going to wrap this thing up because we have been on here for two hours and 15 whole American minutes. So we are going to get out of here. We will see Although you in July. We've come to the end of the road. Still I can't let go, but I will. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Until next time, we are ending this part. And we're gonna take a break. We'll be back soon. July to be exact. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. All right. Until July. We, we bid you. you.